So Wilmot's Warehouse is the only new game in the entire... That's okay. <laughs> Everything else is like at least a year old. That's that's fine by me, baby. I think that makes sense. <laughs> oh, you mean to start with that because it's new? Is that what you're suggesting? I mean, I, w- I would put that as the more relevant title, but I don't know if it's also... It also doesn't have a ton. Yeah. A I, it doesn't matter, though. That's, that's fine if it's... But Whatever. also, John, you're you're probably gonna have something to say on most of these conversations. Yeah, this is a this is gonna be a John episode. Yeah, John Heavy, baby, <laughs> carrying the weight. Jonathan, as it were. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 20 and my name is Kevin Portelli (laughs) and I'm here tonight with uh, our host Randall Nolary. Hey everybody. And we've got our buddy John Hines. He's going for a month straight marathon That's here. That's right. <laughs> he basically moved in. He's paying me rent. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but no, John's uh, filling in for DJ again this week. And uh, he's actually been the only one out of any of us playing anything new this week. So Thanks, why don't John. we let uh, oh, yeah. John uh, kick us off with a little game called uh, Wilmot's Warehouse. So, yeah, I've been playing... Wilmot's Warehouse, which is an indie title that recently came out, and you play as Wilmot, which is a, who is, Jesus Christ. <laughs> a box, it's like a, yeah, box, a box, box boy. Wilmot yeah, it's, box. It's, a, it's, a, it's a very similar uh, aesthetic, it's a very minimalist, uh, very hard angles uh, aesthetic, where you are a little boxy character named Wilmot, and you are in this warehouse that receives shipments of various objects that could be classified in any variety of ways. And it's it's a very uh, sparsely or very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Minimalist? Minimalist, maybe? yeah. Minimalist aesthetic, uh, where for the most part, your screen is either black or white. And it's only when you are very close to items that your field of vision shows what they are. Otherwise, they're just an outline of a box without showing what the actual object is. So it is a very memory heavy game where you have to organize these different objects that you are delivered at the beginning of each phase around the warehouse and there is no guidance whatsoever like it is all entirely up to you like you don't have Uh, a map or anything like that right and and like there are these pillars that are there at the beginning of the game which can sort of serve as guideposts when you have like very few items but as you progress in the game like every uh successful phase you uh, engage in you will unlock four new items which will be in Sometimes they're in different categories, and I think it's randomly generated what category they're in at any given point uh, for Mm. any playthrough. So for mine, uh, I started off with, I think, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and there's no uh, words associated with all these objects. They're purely visual, and it's up to you to organize them however you want. There is a tutorial phase where, you know, they have... uh, like it it places a few items in front of you for me it was uh like clothing and then winter and for like it showed you like oh here's a uh snowflake and here is a sandal 
So I would put the sandal in the uh, clothing and the snowflake in the winter. But then after like in the very next phase, it shows you, oh, right. But here's a winter jacket. And it shows you that like you know, like there's no wrong place to put right. that. And it, because the game doesn't tell you where to put objects, it, it's it's a tutorial that's almost unnecessary, but it does get you in the right frame of mind to right. think about how to organize things. Okay. Um, so for me, like I started organizing all the, like the animals in one area and then all the fruit. And then I was just getting a ton of footwear. <laughs> like I'm assuming that there is plenty more clothing options, but <laughs> my unlocking scheme was only unlocking different types of shoes. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that there are other types of clothing that are in it, but uh, for the time being, like it, it's doing a good job of slowly introducing things that I'm guessing the game itself categorizes in different things. Um, but for me, like I have my own areas that I've decided, okay, I'm putting all the buttons and switches in this area. And like, I know that that's where those are and I'm putting all of the like fruit in one area and then the sliced fruit in another area. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many subcategories that your brain immediately set like starts assigning to things yeah so like one every time that they introduce new objects like that'll uh like shipment will come in and i'll see an object and i'll be like "Ooh, i i know where i'll put that item or i'll start to like think is like okay i don't know where i'll put a sunset like that doesn't (laughs) like that doesn't fit into any of the categories that i've made so i'll make that a new category and then i start getting things like clouds and like rain and i'm like okay that'll be the weather area so like you start to like think about things in a way that the game never forces you to think about it's all like self-guided and it's all things that you think about so there's not like a little room that says weather no and you go and bring all the weather stuff there like you're just deciding hey this little cubby it's all for your ease of play okay so so all these categories that you're referring to like this is just in your brain this is stuff that i've thought about personally okay and what what is the perspective it's like a it's It's a top top down down. yeah it's a top down and like at the bottom of the screen is where the uh truck comes in and makes the deliveries at the beginning of the like uh play phases which are timed phases so like the delivery phase will start and they will drop off all the items at the bottom and you will go as your character and you can only carry so many items and you're as a block like you're just moving up next to another block they're all squares and it's all very regimented but it's a very fluid control scheme Mm -hmm. uh like you go up next to a box you uh hit like the button to pick up the boxes there is a button that you can pick up all of the type of like the same objects at the same time you can pick them up and move them to another area and you drop them off um so like they will drop off the objects at the beginning of a phase and you have a set amount of time and then you will start the delivery phase where you're delivering items to uh, your coworkers, which are at the top of the screen, and okay. they will. Uh, there are four people who will want different items. Sometimes they'll want three of one item and then two of another. Sometimes they'll just want two of one item, and like it's your job to figure out uh, where you have put these items in what categories and memorize where you've placed them in the way that makes the sense to path you. And, okay. Yeah. 
And there's a, like, you get stars based on how quickly you deliver them. And two uh, co-workers will have stars that, um, just that next to their delivery items that when you deliver to them, you will gain those stars. So the whole thing is you deliver the items, you gain stars, and those unlock certain things. Uh, one of the things that uh, I've unlocked, which uh, is a, either you will get rid of the pillars, which at the beginning are good guideposts, but th- as you like get more items and as you get like 10 of an item, say, then those pillars really get in the way because right. you can't maneuver 10 items around them and right. the objects that you've stored. So it's it's all about clearing space and effectively moving. You get a boost. Um, my, I unlocked a map at one point, and I, that map was then buried because you could only access the map by going up to the map that was hung on a wall and interacting with it, and it was behind a bunch of objects that I had put there. <laughs> so I was like, cool, this is garbage. I wasted a quarter. <laughs> of stars that i gained but yeah it's fun like and as you like progress through the game you gain motivational posters that tell you to lift with your back not with your legs (laughs) which i don't think is correct but i can i can attest to that mr (laughs) Mr. hernia over here safety first but but it's it's a very fun like the aesthetics of the game are just really really delightful and like very minimalist but like really soothing and I, I was saying earlier, like I was uh, playing it with a friend and I, I wasn't 100% sure if I could describe it as a fun game, <laughs> but my friend like said that, oh, it's a satisfying game. That, yeah. Like putting things in these categories and these specific areas just feels good like to like be like oh like this uh this coworker needs these items i know exactly where the, where those are i know the most efficient way to do that and it's because i planned it earlier right and there's something satisfying about like games that have a little bit of more of that like freeform nature where you're kind of making not the rules themselves but mm-hmm. like you're kind of structuring the format or the layout of your warehouse and this and that like it feels satisfying to then like uh like see the fruits of your labor yeah. pay off in the end like oh because i organized so well in the first phase i was able to just get everyone all the stuff they needed what you know thanks to the way i set this up you know absolutely and, I, the, and i like that feeling and like in between like uh, it's separated into quarters like uh like there's uh, a couple months there's three months in each quarter of a year so like quarter one is like january through march and at the end of each quarter, there is a free phase where that isn't timed that you after you do those three timed phases or areas that are months that have the time sections within them. You are given this free time where you can because you don't always have time to actually organize everything. Once it like the timer ticks down, you're like, all right, I don't have a place for these items. They're just to the side. Yeah. And if I need them, I need them. But like after you get to the end of the quarter, then you give this like unlimited time area where you can finally organize everything as much as you want and put things where you okay. need them to be. Huh. So, That's cool. And that'll keep that'll keep 
compounding from quarter to quarter or month yeah, to you, month. You oh. keep getting new items. Like it's okay. I like, was thinking this was more like in my head. I was picturing it almost like a like a tower defense kind of structure of like okay, you do this wave or this level, and then it's the next challenge is just a no. so totally the next month is a totally separate. As far as challenge. I can tell, it's it's contiguous, and I don't know That's if really there's cool. uh, an end because like it also. <laughs> It starts in a year. Like, I think it starts in, like, 1983. So, like, I'm in, like, 1985 or 6 right now. Automation uh-huh. is coming for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know that there is a uh, there is a percentage, like, when you get to the file screen, it's how many items you unlock. Because you unlock four items at the end of each month. Okay. Um, and that, like, increases the number of items that you have in your warehouse or the number of types of items you have in your warehouse. Yeah, and probably how much more difficult the game gets. I would imagine the yeah. more items that are, you know, that you have yeah. to juggle. It's it's more of like keeping it track in your mind. Yeah. And, uh, it's <laughs> there is at least one item that I have no idea what it is. <laughs> and it's just I know exactly where it is cuz I can't categorize it, but it's like a a red box with a yellow thing that it looks like a trumpet, kind of, but without like just the like valves and none of the keys or the bell or the mouthpiece. Hmm. So I'm like, I just know that that's there, but I have no idea where to put it. <laughs> Miscellaneous yeah. category. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> John, are you someone that enjoys organization in your personal life? I like organization in my work. Yeah. I do a very bad job of organization in my personal life. Same. <laughs> I was just so, t- trying to get a frame of reference for, like, yes. is that what's attracting you to this, or is there other, or is it because it's opposite that there's, like, an attraction? No, it, it, is, it is definitely appealing to a specific set of impulses that yeah. I have that everything needs to be in its right place, sure. and it, it feels very good to put them there. Of course. And, I, and like, having a very simplified version of that in the game itself where it's like oh yes i've succeeded at putting everything in its right place (laughs) yeah Yeah, and with extra charm you know that you don't get the charming aesthetics when you're doing your chores and putting stuff away and organizing your you know i don't know clothes or whatever (laughs) you know you don't get that same satisfaction when you got some charming delightful music i don't get 10 stars when i put away my (laughs) socks yeah no feedback um but yeah, this is one that I'm, I'm definitely I, I definitely have some OCD tendencies myself. And uh, I, I really like the idea, though, of like having a game that lets me put those those skills or whatever you want to call them to use, <laughs> but also not necessarily telling me that I'm wrong or right. not, you know, like just being able to to do things the way I think they should be done. Right. Absolutely. And seeing if that works within the confines of the game or not, you know, yeah. and, ad- and adapting. Cause I do like, it seems like they're throwing curveballs at you where you're like, you think you have this category in your head and then they throw you a winter jacket and you're like, is it clothes or no. do I put it with the winter stuff? I don't know. And so, as far as I, like I can that. tell, there's not like a fail state either. I think hmm. it's just a matter of how well you do. So in it's a like level. a high score chasing more right. than anything. It's like, you, I think you might be able to like, like i think it would be hard to finish a level without getting any stars but like it's just a matter of how many you get it's not a matter of like oh if you don't do this during like before the time runs out you fail it's just like yeah you had a bad quarter and that's it yeah that sounds like good vibes yeah Yeah. no it's it's a i i feel good playing this game yeah 
Nice. And if, if I can, I'll try to remember to put a link to the uh, trailer in the mm-hmm. uh, show notes because it's definitely a v- just very charming trailer as well. You had texted me about it like, hey, check this game out. And I watched the trailer and it actually has uh, Philippa War is her name. She's on the Crate and Crowbar podcast and she just has a really charming voice. But it's also done in like a, a style that is like almost like she's just doing like a let's play and getting stressed <laughs> out with all the as things pile up. And it's it's just re- very charming. That's um, cool. And definitely, definitely sold me on the game or at least piqued my interest for sure. I haven't picked it up yet, but now I'm definitely even more curious than I already was. Oh, so Same. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm just going to totally shift gears here and uh, <laughs> talk about a game that uh, has been out for a little while, for quite a while. Um, and I have uh, personally not played hardly anything from this studio. It's uh, from Platinum Studios and the game is uh, Near Automata. Uh, so I actually I actually fired up the PlayStation Four and, and uh, heard that thing chug. Man, when I put a disc, <laughs> heard, heard those I, beautiful so, fans. Yeah, yeah, when I put a disc in this system, man, I I am like convinced every time that it will be the last time I turn on my PlayStation Four. But <laughs> it just sounds like it's ready to blast off to the moon. But. It's obnoxious, man. I don't turn mine off on as often either for that reason. It's crazy. Yeah. Like I, I specifically make sure that like if I'm using it, because I do typically use it more for watching stuff like Netflix or, or uh, wrestling or Amazon Prime or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I typically when I, I, because I've been playing near Automata not so much lately, but I will almost always make sure I don't have a disc in there just so it doesn't do that like first two minutes of like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, are you sure you want to power this thing up? <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways so uh, once the once the fans quiet down and the system uh, <laughs> takes a load off I can finally start playing some near automata and uh, this game really caught me by surprise you know I've heard I've heard a lot of good praise of both pl- you know obviously platinum Studios having yeah. done bayonetta and it a lot of these like just 3D third person action games over the years that seems to be more their forte yeah. uh, vanquish they've done that's more of like a shooter but still has that like frenetic um or kinetic to use one of our favorite words oh, here yeah. on the podcast um like combat style like more like the old god of war games you know like almost like button mash combo kind of vibes um but near automata is taking that general structure and like putting it into it's still like it's very heavily like that's the combat style for sure it's not so much button man i mean it's a little button mashy but there's other things going on as well but you're you're essentially well let me just let me just start from the top of this game so the game starts off and the first chunk of gameplay and it's like right off the bat the tutorial is a tutorial teaching you how to play but you're like you're playing the game you're like you can probably die mm-hmm. i did not but you <laughs> probably can and you are straight up playing like a vertically scrolling, pretty much bullet hell shmup right off the bat. Oh, wow. And uh, and you're like you're in this like mech suit and you're flying vertically. And then all of a sudden it shifts to like a twin stick bullet hell shmup where like what? enemies are coming from all over the place. And you're actually using both sticks to aim around and and shoot all over the place. And then like I can't remember if the suit breaks down or something happens and you have to land and then you fight. You're now you're on foot and you get out of the suit and you're. Uh, fighting this like giant mech boss like right off the bat or this robot boss and you're you have like you have melee abilities you have two weapons that you can carry up to two weapons but then you also have this like drone character that follows you around this like little Mm -hmm. robot floating drone that also is like you are using your right stick to aim a cursor and shoot with that character at the same time and then you also can use 
Uh, the other uh, fire button to like every so often you can you got to let it charge up, but you get like a super powerful like laser blast. So you have all that paired with the typical like melee combat of, uh, you know, the the like Bayonetta or some of yeah. the other platinum games like we've talked about before. Really, it doesn't have to be platinum, but any like third person action game, fast paced, you know, arcadey. Oh, yeah. Vibe. But it's but it's really putting that within the structure of like a JRPG. Like it really feels like. Final Fantasy, like PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 era games, you know, um, both in like the world design. It's like a it look it. The graphics are nice, but it's a little bit it's a little bit bland. It's like really gray. Yeah. And really it, it's missing something, but like really high because it's like post apocalyptic kind of. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. It's all like dusty. Yeah. Everything's like supposed to look kind of run down. But like but little things like where it's like it clearly looks like you can squeeze through these buildings, but it's just like they just have decided that. You can't go that way. That's yeah. not part of the map. But, like, why wouldn't you just make the building then just cover that whole area? Like, why mm-hmm. make it look like you can fit when your character can clearly fit through that gap and it won't let you run through? It's kind of frustrating to, you know, the map's a little, yeah, little bit obtuse. Not obtuse, but it's a little tough to read, uh, at least in when you're like trying to navigate where you want to go next. But, but it, I'm just having a ton of fun. And there's even like, it's, you know, it's a, 3d third person action game but you even get into a ton of chunks of the game where you're you're forced into like a side scrolling perspective uh and you're doing like Hmm. regular platforming and combat and stuff like that and just just a really well executed game like the voice acting is really great the music sets the mood it's you know it's not as memorable per se but it when you get into the little towns and the little camps that you find um there's just some cool music there's no auto save so you again like we talked about with chasm last week and some of these other games like it really puts you on the edge of your seat and it has a little bit of that dark souls element where you are you are playing like this uh i forget what the term is but you're you're like a robot essentially or a clone of some kind yeah yeah. yeah. and um when you die you have to go back and collect your body and get but the way they do it is like you're actually like you get repaired and you have to go get collect all your chips that you had installed because you're buying or getting these chips that you can either add new move sets to your character or add more uh, information to the HUD. You know, you can have a sound bar or more information on the mini map or there's plenty more things that I can still unlock. I'm not sure what else they're going to offer. But as you level up, you're getting more uh, you know, you have a kind of a set pool of stats. Like I have 40 chip points that I can use and each thing costs a certain amount of yeah. chip points to use, you know. Um, so it's it's just very interesting and it's very like it's put together very cohesively to where like I'm, I was I'm getting sucked into this world big time. And it's like, um, I don't know, there's like there's not really from what I can tell, I think I just unlocked fast travel where I can at these save points travel between the different save points. But you have to get to one again. You can't just pause and travel somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you're running like you can like do this dash and this sprint and you run so fast. Yeah. And you're it just feels so good to just like it almost feels like a Sonic game when you're running. Like, I mean, you're oh, whipping yeah. around and like using your momentum. Um, not, you know, the course is not like laid out like obstacle courses or anything. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know the combat. You know, it is a little button mashy, but it does. It does do a nice job of balancing like the staying at a distance. And OK, I got to tackle this enemy for a little while with my guns and not do a ton of damage and use the laser blast at the right time and then there's another element that i forgot to mention but so when you there's certain bosses and certain enemies that will most of these like projectiles that they fire at you are like these really bright just like bullet hell games like these bright purple orbs 
that start flying at you, whether you're playing in the bullet hell, like actually bullet hell style gameplay levels, or you're playing in the third person shooter, like these enemy or uh, third person action game, like these enemies are shooting just bullets all over the place. You're running all over, dodging everything, but then they'll occasionally shoot out these yellow beams or these yellow projectiles. And if you get touched by those, they don't hurt you in the moment, but they go into like this hacking mini game where then it turns into like a really small arena. Like it's like a really minimalist aesthetic and you just control this little like triangle, uh, like prism ship. It's like a little ship basically. And it's again, it's like a twin stick shooter and there's like this circle like gray sphere that chases you around and shoots stuff and then as soon as you kill that thing it goes jumps back into the normal game but if it if you take three hits in that little like confined area in the ship then it does like hacking damage to you and you take damage as your character and it's it's crazy like i i really thought this game was just a third person action that's game what i thought from too. platinum and there is like i mean even the the spirit of bullet hell shooters is like it baked into this game nice like in every moment almost yeah. not maybe not every moment because not that where you're just going from town to town but every every combat uh encounter is like incorporating that and there's just like a really like almost spooky vibe like you're everyone hates the robots because mm-hmm. they're like like the androids hate the robots because they're kind of like but they're starting to become sentient and they're starting to question like, hey, are they, do these robots have feelings like what's going on? And the voice acting is just very affecting, very good. Nice. Um, you know, it's not perfect, but for a video game, I mean, it's yeah. it's solid stuff and the music's great. Uh, I think I mentioned that already, but just like the the it's just a really well done game. It, I feel I'm just in that world and I want to be in it. I think about it a lot when I'm not playing um, and I'm excited to keep playing more. Nice. Cause That's yeah, awesome. I, I was I was wondering like how like I knew it like switched from a lot of different genres or it dipped its toes in like a dump, bunch of different pools, but like uh, like that feels seamless. Like you said, it sounds yeah, like like, like there was one mission the last time it, I hadn't done any more like bullet hell or or shmup style gameplay for a little while, so, like pretty much since the beginning of the game, and I'm about five or six hours in, and uh, but I got to a point where like they were like okay, we can't do this mission. We just got our mech suits repaired or whatever. I forget what they're called, but like Mm -hmm. they're on top of this building. So you have to like traverse, you have to navigate to the building. But then when you get to the launch point, then you launch and then you do that chunk of the boss battle in your suit. And then they find ways to like, oh, you took damage. Oh, you got to get out of it. And, you know, they find they find ways to incorporate it into the, you know, narrative or whatever. Right. Um, and you know, there's a ton of little mini side quests and, and one of the things that, you know, small spoiler alert, and I, I have not even gotten to this point, but I know that there's like, as you beat the game with one character there, I, I believe then you go and play through the story with a second character right. and then yeah. with a third character. And I think they do find ways to like streamline the, it's, it's built as like new game plus, but it's really like just chapters in the next, like it's the next chapter in the story. Yeah. Like, like seeing it from a different perspective and right. stuff, but it, but it's done. It's not like you're playing the entire game again, but you, you are kind of, I don't, from yeah. what I understand, I, I don't really know a hundred percent, but I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, with a lot of these big AAA or these bigger experiences, whether they're AAA or not, but these 50, 60, however many hour games, I don't typically see them through the to the end, you know, but same. <laughs> I, I am curious to see because because even what I've played so far and just based on the stats and this and that, I mean, this seems like it's going to be a pretty meaty experience just with this first main character. So, yeah, I uh 
it would have to really probably do something pretty different for me to I just don't see myself seeing it all the way through just because I am who I am. Right. But uh, but I it is something that maybe I'll do the thing where I like beat it as the one character and just kind of leave this game like, hey, I had a lot of fun with that. I'm going to leave that on the back burner. And when I get that urge again, I'll start up that second campaign or whatever and and yeah. go from there. But I'm, I'm really excited to play more of this again since it's a you know, I. I feel like lately I've been talking about stuff more often out of my, you know, typical 2D platformer comfort zone. Right. But uh, but this one is one that I'm genuinely like just super excited to go back to. You know, I've, I've dabbled. I mentioned last week like Astroneer and, and No Man's Sky, totally different experiences. But that for whatever reason, those aren't pulling me in just yet. I, I, I'm interested and I want to get sucked into them. But this one just did it automatically you know it mm-hmm. just grabbed nice. me and, and i was like whoa Near this automatically is- <laughs> there you go exactly <laughs> nicely done well said well <laughs> i i really don't have too much more to say about this game unless you guys had anything else to ask but uh but yeah I, i'm just having a lot of fun and and looking forward to playing some more and now that you can pick up i think you i see the game of the year edition go on sale for 20 25 oh, yeah, it's bucks pretty, pretty cheap often, no, i'm definitely so. intrigued to, to pick this up cheap at this point yeah, for sure. And and one of those games that and, and for what it's worth, it's kind of interesting. Like I kind of had forgotten that N- near was a game mm, on yeah. uh, PlayStation three. I think it might have even been PlayStation two, but I know it, it was PlayStation three. three. Yeah. But I uh, had forgotten that this was like a sequel of sorts or at least a you know part of a franchise. So, right. Um, kind of curious to see what that first game's all about, too. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was really all I had on that. But I think we can probably go from there to I know uh, you two have been dabbling in a little bit of Diablo three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should I say a little bit. I think I, it might be a little more than a little bit, but <laughs> or it might be a little less than a little. Bit. OK, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. But uh, why don't why don't you take us away, Randall? Because I know you and Tina have put quite a fair share of time into that. Yeah, you don't put a, a small amount of time into Diablo three. That's not how Diablo <laughs> no. 3 works. Uh, in fact, we we own this game on two different platforms. We bought the uh, was that the Reaper of Souls edition physically on PS4 back when that came out uh, several years back, and then I saw that they were doing like the Ultimate Edition on Switch, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? This would be kind of a cool game to have portably too. Be cool to have on cartridge in kind of a more complete form. Yeah. Yeah, let's go for that too. So we did that and like restarted all over again and and I picked uh one of the characters that was in the the latest uh Necromancer uh expansion pack. Yeah. I, I played as a necromancer and I think Tina played as the uh what should she do? Like Demon Hunter or Wizard? Hell yeah. Yeah, what would <laughs> you pick, John? Oh, I picked Demon Hunter. Yeah. You like the uh the long range? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm I'm usually a, a ranged attacker in any of of these what uh, not arena. isometric yeah. dungeon crawler. We would team up well because I like to be the big dumb guy that takes damage at <laughs> 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 the tank. <laughs> That's typically my style in these type of games. Uh, and in my first run, I I went Crusader, and then now I did Necromancer, which uh, he's not necessarily big dumb guy, but mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, let me change it up for once. But he has some abilities that allow for armor and things like that. And uh, the what are they that the health potion globes stuff? Uh, he mm-hmm. can make those pop out like crazy. So it kind of works the same way. What's mm-hmm. uh, how, what's your experience been this time around, John, with Diablo? So I, I actually played a lot. I know uh, DJ is a huge fan of Warcraft three. I think that's his favorite game of I all time. I believe so. I believe I've got so. some experience um, there, too. <laughs> and I, I, I was more of a StarCraft guy myself, 
um, just the original in Brood War. Yeah. Um, but uh, I actually never played uh, any of the Diablo series. I had neither. Diablo 3. Yep. And, like, it was a, a, a really fun experience. Like, I, I, I got it basically on the recommendation of, like, Kevin and my friend and uh, DJ's friend Mikey, who uh, put a ton of hours into it and, like, convinced us that yeah mikey was pressuring us for a while like we gotta play we gotta play because the only time i've played was that uh time at new year's at your place yeah and uh, and it was fun like it, it's a great like multiplayer oh game. yeah uh i picked it up recently again uh i was at a uh, a wedding shower uh <laughs> for my up- upcoming nuptials yes, and uh i was it was being held at a friend's house and i knew my uh, friend was going to be on dog duty in one of the rooms and i was like well i guess we'll just play diablo 3 while like our my, your wife and my fiance are out having <laughs> having fun with everyone else uh but yeah no it was it was just a great game of like you know we put put it up on online like we're just right next to each other talking and in the meantime like slaying a bunch of demons just getting loot like, Oh God! Getting so much loot, <laughs> so many like marginally better equipment. Oh slots yeah, of so many. The numbers like, are just a little bit better. Oh, that's and and you know those are just hitting the right buttons yeah. for me. Of just like it's like oh this one I can salvage and turn oh, into yeah. good crafting material. This yep. one oh no, I like those enchantments a bit better. Like or it, it's, I like everything besides one thing. Let me go back to the enchantress and have this mm-hmm. one thing re-rolled to maybe yep. get a better thing, and then I can re-roll until I get a better thing. Oh yeah, and and I'm still fairly early, like because this was my first time through. Like so, I'm assuming like you've done stuff in like the paragons, yep. and so I've I've still not even unlocked that entire mechanic, which I understand is like half of the game yeah <laughs> although so, i'm mostly stuck with just kind of storyline stuff for the most part where my wife and i will just kind of now for the second time kind of breeze through the the main campaign and then mm-hmm. you know see all the extra stuff they've kind of added along the way to which to us you know we can't really tell what's super new or not because sounds like just like you we kind of came late to the game mm-hmm. for this now do you do you feel like uh like the one of the things with these games when there's like just tons of items and leveling up and all these categories and management of stuff like that, like when you're playing co-op, do you feel like the like going into your inventory all the time and doing that kind of stuff? Does that kind of slow down the pace at all? Because that's that's something that kind of can sometimes kill these co-op uh, games for me is just like, man, there's too much time in the menus and we're like not really playing the game that much, like a little a game that we talked about before and to a way lesser extent than some other games that I'm maybe thinking of, but like swords of ditto mm-hmm. felt a little bit like that where it, it just, it just can rub me the wrong way. Like, or just like a little tedious. It, it slows the game down. Although I imagine if you're playing online a little bit different, you're not always pausing the screen for other people necessarily. Right. It, it never really bothered me. Me neither. And, uh, okay. It might just also be like the way that, levels are constructed there are usually like waves of enemies or like you can wait before you go into the next area and like trigger the next like event or whatever so like if you get to a point where you're like okay i've collected a ton of loot in this area like let me check it all and like you usually like just have that 
point in time like to refresh like recharge all your bars and and it's fun like when you're even playing with someone else i think it's fun to see oh shit look at that like new you know staff that you got oh shit it's got like a better fire damage and can poison things mm-hmm. like i get excited about that too even though it's not my character i guess okay yeah. can, can you pass stuff around like back and forth like if you if tina picks something up that you're like oh man that would be great for my character can you no. like, drop it for the so other no. person or no it's it's yeah. very character explicit for for the different character classes okay also like items themselves items don't spawn on the other player's screen like they are oh. unique to your thing interesting and, yeah and so like I, they're like i because i wasn't sure about that when i was playing most recently where i was like it was like oh like i have like four items on screen like and he's like oh no i only have three and then we picked them up and we're like nope we picked up completely different items like oh we really wow we weren't interacting with each other's screens at all which huh. i thought was really interesting just because like you know also when i was playing with him like he had just started a new character so he was like 10 levels lower than me and i and even when like kevin when you were playing with mikey and me on like new year's like you had literally never played yeah. up, like, <laughs> and i was like level 20 or something and like they did a really good job of leveling us all like at the same level or like at least scaling enemies to the exact same or to our appropriate levels so that like we were all doing the same amount of damage like oh, you were cool. gaining way more experience than yeah, us. I'll, I will say I felt a little lost because having never played it, I'm just like, what is going on? I'm just right. like leveling up, getting shit constantly. <laughs> I'm just like, what is going on? I, <laughs> I like the like in, in theory, I like it. Yeah. But at least for like an onboarding experience, it, it's I, it was just like. It, it, it was probably, probably not the best thing for you to like for the first time to be jumping yeah. in with two people who are would, like yeah. 30 levels higher than you. I was going to say it's yeah. it's probably contributed to me. Not that I, I it was a definitely a fun time, but it was like it's definitely probably contributed to me not having started it again fresh because right. I'm just like, man, it just seems daunting in my head, you know, because it, it was like not stressing me out because we were just playing for fun. But yeah. Like, Whenever I when I when a game's not clicking with me, when I'm not getting it, it just there's something in my head. I'm like, there's something wrong with me. Why am I not understanding what why this works or how this works? So. You'll probably bl- breeze through the first couple areas, though, so you won't get bored now that I'm beefed up. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's the way Tina and I play is we we tend to explore like the entire given like map yeah. area of Same. a section like yeah. oh there's a, i guess you call it like a shadow of war effect if you're talking in strategy terms mm-hmm. but like the map is covered and as you're walking around individually as players you'll start uncovering that map and finding the crevices and saying oh you know what look look down there there's a little bit of shadow on the mini map we didn't quite go down there and oh shit there's right. another chest to open up like oh that's okay, cool or cool. another swarm of enemies or um the other thing that tina and i kind of make sure we're doing as we're playing is um the combo multiplier with uh, mm-hmm. the enemies is a huge factor in Diablo and kind of adds the fun as you get like, oh, it's 25 kills in a row. It's 50 kills in a row. And like you're, yeah. you're the tension is there to try and keep that combo going. And a lot of times you, you won't want to use. separate to extend it. Exactly. And then you don't want to overextend yourself and yep. be too far away from each other. Or yeah. shit, go open that door so that it will release like an extra guy or two to yep. before our timer runs out and we lose the combo. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. That adds a lot of tension and kind of keeps us engaged uh, through that. Where even in that, like we're we're leaving items behind, loot behind, to make sure we keep that combo going first and foremost, and then coming back around to grab all the gold and loot. Yeah. Okay. I, I think the multiplayer is probably the main thing that I play the game for. At this oh yeah. Point. 
Yeah, I, and I think what what I need to do is just take the time to just acclimate and familiarize myself with the game's mechanics just generally enough to and then just join and play with one of you guys at some point. Um, but I think it was just that I'm going in totally blind. I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm trying to figure it out well. The game is also trying to like basically just shepherd me through the figuring it out process. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely I, I need to just take you know a half hour at some point and just start up the game proper. Because um, yeah, this does seem like a fun one to mindlessly mow down some enemies with some friends. But also, I kind of like the like if you want to add that level of strategy of keeping combos going or at least that a level of finesse you yeah. can you know so that's that's pretty cool that's pretty intriguing to me yeah you can de- like john was saying where you could wait to open doors or whatever else you can kind of play this game at your own pace a lot of times which is cool yeah. too okay mm-hmm. nice anything more to add on no. on that i'm gonna keep playing it again I, we will be beating this game again it's <laughs> it's one of our mainstays yeah. nice all right, well, from one game or one series or franchise or whatever that's been around forever to another, um, but definitely a way, way lesser-known title, or at least I, I don't want to speak out of line. It's not something I've played, but definitely something that that only caught my eye once the kind of, I don't know if it's a sequel per se, but the sequel of sorts that, that came out to this game is the only thing that made me aware of the original game. But, uh, but John, why don't you take it away with uh, some Kingdom of Loathing here? Yeah, so Kingdom of Loathing is a free-to-play browser game that came out in the early 2000s. I believe it was 2004. And it was uh, in the early age of online games. of Like Flash games and stuff. Oh, yeah. Newgrounds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Kingdom of Loathing was more... uh, Like, what set it apart from the other games of that era was that it was very text-heavy, and that the, all the art was like stick figure art. There were six classes that you can choose from that you still have today. And like they were, it was always a very like lighthearted and goofy game. Like the, the uh, magic classes were sorcerer and pasta mancer. And it was <laughs> like around food. The like warrior classes or turtle tamer and the seal clubber. (laughs) And then the other two are the moxie classes, which were your rogues were disco bandit and accordion thief. (laughs) So like it's, it's never been a game that has taken itself too seriously. Um, And over the years, like I played it uh, pretty much from its inception and like before it added mechanic after mechanic after mechanic it has become a game that has been around since like 20 or 2004 like it is a decade and a half added so many different things and i i played it for a long time uh and then actually went away from it uh for like a period of six years um and then once west of uh, loathing came out which was Kingdom of Loathing was a very, you know, fantasy sort of game. And West of Loathing was set in like this Western like uh, uh, sort of series. And uh, it it came out on Switch and Steam and other platforms. And that was a more traditional RPG where, you know, you're moving around and uh, not 
browser based where you're clicking on images to advance to the next adventure so does it feel kingdom of loathing that is does it feel more like a like a point and click adventure kind of deal or i mean what what is like the general i guess gameplay per se it's i i don't know i i can't describe it more than it's like i can't compare it to really anything besides itself like i don't really know of anything like the the core mechanic of it is centered around adventures where every day like 24 hour period you are given 40 adventures that roll over where you like click on a an area where you can adventure and fight a monster or like have a non-combat and that will cost you one adventure and then you eat food or you drink booze to gain more <laughs> adventures like that there again like it's it doesn't take itself seriously at all like uh in that like you know i have various uh, uh i have a magical ability that lets me summon cocktail crafting ingredients <laughs> which make me craft better booze which give me more adventures but like i've i've been playing this game pretty much daily with with the same character like are you still carrying over the same account that you were playing with 15 years ago yeah wow so that's crazy that's incredible but that but the thing is like around like uh after like a year or so after i started playing like it introduced a mechanic called ascension where you could basically restart the whole game but keep an uh, a skill that you gained for so like even though you were a seal clubber you could have a pasta mancer skill <laughs> so kind of like a to maybe not the same direct comparison but kind of like an into the breach where you can like carry a pilot over from yes. Iran. is it kind of like that kind of but like you these like could be marked permanent so that like i have at this point like because i've been playing this game for over a decade <laughs> and a half i have like 200 skills from wow. like different oh, so they, it's not just one and then you replace it you just keep no, stacking you uh, stack it forever and like okay. they they introduced like th- since i even like stopped playing they started or and then resumed playing like they introduced so many different mechanics like standard ascensions was something that i didn't have when i stopped playing that that they introduced since i came back to it where they will you can only have uh access to things that uh were introduced in the past couple years okay so like things that were you know introduced in like 2006 like you can't have access to that you only have things that were like uh accessible from like a couple years back interesting so like it keeps like if you had something that was really powerful back then like you don't have access to that until like you get outside of like the hardcore range and then you can access it again after you like beat the naughty sorceress who is the final (laughs) boss of the game like but there there's so many things that i've uh, come back to it like as i'm you know at a player who's played this game for so long like I've gotten into PvP, which I never had done basically before this time, and that introduces so many different mechanics that I've never had, like, never bothered to really look at before. And, like, I, I'm basically, as I'm playing each thing, like, they added uh, um, uh, seasonal paths, like, for, you know, every couple months they add a new season, which... Uh, the last one that I start that they introduced was the Kingdom of Exploding, where 
what they did was uh and they they really do like every season they like have these optional paths that you can choose to do every time you ascend that completely change the mechanics of the game kingdom of exploding what it is is like the entire kingdom has been exploded like there's been a, a space invader which is the final boss of that run uh like has destroyed everything and but at what it, that effectively does is it means that you have access to every area from the get-go and like it, it it changes the way that you approach what you would for me have done hundreds of times in the past <laughs> right. and it makes you think about like things in a fresh new way the way uh the seasonal path before this one was uh like a randomizer path where every single item would have its adjectives change and then its uh, buffs would change, like, uh, relative to that. So okay. an item that would normally give you, like, extra muscle, like, could at this point, like, give you, like, extra initiative in an item. Like, it, everything was completely randomized <laughs> from the beginning of the, like, run. So, like, things that you knew, like, did a specific thing or had, like... A specific enchantment were completely randomized and like made you approach like everything that you thought you or like you had these this previous knowledge of was just completely useless at that point (laughs) okay and so i'm I'm always a fan of that like again we talked about it with wilmot's warehouse and a bunch of other games but anything any game when when a game throws you a curveball or just a way to subvert shakes you think you have this mechanic down and that's why that's i think why i get so sucked into these roguelike games because like you you have to be good at the mechanics at least some of the ones that i that you know that i tend to lean towards that are a little more action heavy but like you also you just you're at the mercy of what or risk of rain like we talked about too you know last week like that's you're at the mercy of what you get or at least you have to adapt your play style like okay i got i have a triple jump so i'm just going to utilize that for yep. now and it's totally different in this game obviously but you're still if how like how often are they putting out these seasonal paths basically like every, every three months Jeez. Okay. so like it's it's and like it's a game that like i'm personally playing daily like i will log for how in long like for just eh. little bits and pieces or are you playing putting in i mean serious like, time or like, like an hour or so okay. like each day like it's that's uh, decent man i i get the you know the 40 adventures which are the base amount that everybody gets and then you have like the amount that you get from like food and other consumables like so like it's i i've gotten to the point where you know i'm doing like these different runs and these different ascensions and i'm doing the core gameplay loops but every like season like they also have holidays like that match up to real life holidays like when thanksgiving comes around it's the feast of boris or like <laughs> but they also have like a cal an in-game calendar that like those feasts like also like pop up and holidays are on like those specific in-game calendars like it okay. was just like it was Friday the thirteenth, like now, so like bad luck things happen like <laughs> all throughout Friday the thirteenth. That's cool. Yeah. And like uh yeah, like Crimbo is the Christmas season in the game, and there's always something big that happens literally every year. They've done every single year, and it's always a big event and it lasts the whole like winter season usually. Okay. Um, but yeah, like it's a game that I'm amazed that they're 
still updating, like basically uh, they have an item of the month every month that you can, you know, pay $10 and get like a Mr. Accessory, which allows you to buy it. Yeah, because otherwise this is a free to play game, right? And they're yeah. still updating it like this. That's yeah. crazy. I've, I've spent money in the game, but like, yeah, no, the amount of like content I've gotten is like the value proposition is incredible for the amount of money I've spent on this game versus how much I've gotten back is just amazing. And yeah, yeah, like West of Loathing was a great game that, you know, like it's a traditional payment structure. You pay for it up front, but it's it's really impressive that they've still done like the you know the traditional game structure and like west of loathing and then also once they made west of loathing they've still made content for this i was game. just gonna say it's pretty impressive that they've kind of moved that they moved on to a new project in the same kind of I, again i don't know if it's a franchise or whatever you want to call it but yeah then they, but then they went back to or have continued to right. keep updating uh yeah they like didn't games. like give up on this to move on to that one like and they just released an expansion for west of loathing too oh, like, nice. a, a while back cool so like that one's been on my radar i actually uh i talked about i know i talked about xbox uh game pass last episode and yeah. i got that on my pc Ooh, is that and on that's there? one of the that is one of the games uh not kingdom of loathing but right. yeah west, west of loathing, of loathing. Is on, I, um, I highly recommend it. It's it, obviously because like it, Kingdom of Loathing is basically an infinite loop game. Like West yeah. of Loathing has like an actual end to it. Yeah, but, but I, 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 really, I highly recommend that game as well. Okay, and these, these games are trading obviously pretty heavily on the humor, from what I understand. Yes. And and it's I mean we're laughing pretty regularly oh, yeah. just at you describing just it. So I mean yeah, yeah. no <laughs> so. Like, but the yeah the actual but it holds up pretty well. I, I think it holds up extremely well, especially for a game that has been out for so long. Yeah, like, I I you know it was very reference heavy at the beginning of it, but I, I still think it's uh, a very endearing game. Like, yeah, in terms of its humor and like just the overall writing, I think is very fun. It it uh, it and West of Loathing are very like wordplay heavy and like. Um, just like general, I don't know. Yeah, those folks are pretty funny. Uh, they actually have a podcast. The developers is called Video Games Hot Dog, mm-hmm. and uh, they, I think, I don't know if everyone on the podcast is involved in in those games, but it's it, definitely it's a small most team. Of them, yeah, like honestly, it could be every single person involved yeah. in making the game. But uh, but yeah, they're definitely. I, I haven't listened in a while, but they're definitely they're pretty goofy, and you, you get you get that feeling from them, like they're just a bunch of buddies fucking around basically, and. Sometimes that works, you know, but the reason I ask is because I just feel like there's a ton of humor in video games that does not work. Yeah, <laughs> you oh, know, like geez, yeah. Uh, it just so much falls flat. And sometimes it's, you know, a little just one off joke and you just brush right past it. But there are some games I've played where I'm just like, I, I can't play Poor it because this character just has to keep saying one liners that are just so obnoxious and not funny that it just makes me project that onto the people that made the game i guess and i'm just like i don't even want to support the people that think this is funny yeah (laughs) i don't don't know it sounds so shitty but no i'll say that like for a game that has been like constantly in my life for like the better part of like two decades like i still like smile when i think about certain jokes in it just because i'm like yeah this is a good dumb joke like it's it's never like like 
so like it, it revels in the fact that it's making bad jokes like Which it's, i'm all for yeah it's it's never like oh we're super clever about this it's like no this is a stupid joke this is pretty stupid but it. you know you're gonna laugh <laughs> yeah yeah i mean even again there was another challenge path where like it was a vampire based uh bat or thing and like the entire thing was like everyone who's giving you quests was like was like really like like treating you gingerly because you're a vampire and you're like i'm just a guys i'm normal please <laughs> i'm not gonna suck everyone's blood please stop being racist towards me <laughs> i'm not into that's your blood yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty good yeah i'm well, i'm definitely for what i mean i have i've already downloaded west of loathing and and i i'm definitely gonna check that out at this point i mean do you is there any connective tissue i mean other than the setting or theme or, or art style or whatever but i mean is there if you if you play west of loathing are you missing something if you haven't played kingdom of loathing are they like a, they're pretty like they, they have sure like some same inside jokes and yeah stuff, they but. have same things and concepts in them but they're pretty pretty much like separate games so like there there's like yeah you can jump in fresh into west of loathing absolutely okay cool well i'm i'm definitely excited to look into both of these so. yeah absolutely well speaking of being excited this is something we've kind <laughs> of teased for a little while here. finally <laughs> saving it for the end and maybe some of it we've maybe maybe not even teased but we've just talked about it a lot on the air off the air but uh, we did a little little tease in a previous episode. But uh, Randall and uh, and John here are both pretty big basketball fans. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, more than basketball fans, Randall is a pretty big uh, NBA 2K19 yep. fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> 2K18 also. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, just 2K franchise, and I guess 2K20 just came out or is about. It to really come did. Out if it's not yep. out yet, mm-hmm. but once it but, goes uh, down to three dollars, I'll be sure to buy it. <laughs> Yeah, that was just a crazy deal that I think we all scooped up. But uh, but yeah, why don't uh, why don't you uh, you both take it away with a little basketball talk here? Speaking of in- infinite replay value, yeah, so <laughs> yes. I legitimately what's, put a hundred. What season hours. are you on? Yeah, um, so I actually had to uninstall NBA Two K Nineteen. Not because Oof. I ran out of room. I actually just recently bought a bigger micro SD card, but uh, because mm. I needed to play other video games. <laughs> <laughs> 190 hours is plenty on uh, NBA Oof. 2K19. I think I had simmed into season six. Or were you really <laughs> at 190 already? Yep. Because you've only, I mean, we bought that game while we were recording. Because it's only been 200 hours. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Whenever that went down to $3 is when I bought it, which I think it was was during the finals. Yeah, it was during the finals. Yeah, man, that's crazy. And then before that, I had 2K18, which I had like a year ago put in well over 100 hours into. Yeah. How old was Blake Griffin by the time that you finished? (laughs) Yeah, he was going to retire, actually. Grandpa. (laughs) Grandpa Griffin. (laughs) But speaking of Blake Griffin. uh, (laughs) Yes. So where I last left all of you listeners and John included uh, um, is that we were in uh, approaching the Western, no, Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. The Detroit Pistons, uh, surrounded by Blake Griffin as the star of the show. Uh, at that time, he was a young, tender age of about 30 years old, so he's still in his prime. And uh, it was him and DeAndre Jordan and Robert mm-hmm. Covington, so he had a nice little defensive thing going on there, uh, mm-hmm. along with Coach Dwayne Casey. 
Um, <laughs> Coach Dwayne Casey got his uh, his ability to to rebound from being fired from the Toronto Raptors, despite doing a coach of the coach year. Coach of the job. year, come on, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, so I, I wanted to see him to glory as well, uh, and, and the Pistons in general, because it had been a while since their last championship. So we we had a rough road um, in the Western Conference. Yeah, Jesus, in the Eastern Conference Finals, we <laughs> went up against the 76ers, and Joel Embiid was was kind of beaten on us a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Gave us a little bit of trouble. It took us five games to win that series instead of four. So <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> the gentleman sweep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was an ode back to uh the 2004 nba finals we wanted to so then uh in the finals uh we faced off against the thunder uh russell westbrook did his best but we swept mm-hmm. them um blake griffin got his finals mvp good yes absolutely well deserved he's a great three-point shooter and for some reason defenders don't want to defend him so i just yeah. kept shooting threes so I think they were too afraid that he was going to keep dunking on them. So they would just like leave him wide open all the time. It's just like pick your poison. It's like yeah. at least at least you're not going to get posterized if, if you try to <laughs> defend the donkey. Let him yeah. take the three and you're not going to look that bad. <laughs> yeah. If he if, if he you know, if the next trading card comes out, it's and Blake Griffin's dunking <laughs> on your ass. You got your career to think about. You don't want to be showing those posterized photos on Twitter, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. You got to yeah. look out for it. You got a shoe deal. That's on which the are line all here. my header images are just, <laughs> <laughs> just Twitter dumb faces of NBA players. <laughs> so that being said, I traded away Blake Griffin right after <gasps> that. Ooh, um, that worked out a- for you. you get any good uh, deals? Like, how do you, how do you feel like the, the trade value works? Like, do, are, do you feel like you, because some of these games, it feels like you just mix and match until the team just decides, OK, that's a fair trade. But do you feel like it it makes you offer up a legit fair deal? Um, so the, it goes even deeper than that. So you have to hire uh, GMs and assistant GMs that have different skills in trading or in, are wow. they legit GMs from like the league? Some of them. Yeah. Some of them are like Jesus. generated and some of them are, are legit. Yeah. GMs, coaches, assistant coaches, ex players. Who is your GM? What's that? Who is your GM? He was he was one of the ones that was like and like generated by the game. He wasn't like gotcha. an official guy, um, but he had like really good stats in both trading and uh, signing players to like reasonable contracts. But his downside was that he would leak all trading rumors to the press like every single time. <laughs> <laughs> and then and that would I'm, force me to be in front of the press and be like, you know what? No, it's just simply business, guys. It's fine. It's not a big deal. And does that like have negative effect yes. on... Jesus. So I, I, this is interesting. I mean, I mean, we've talked about this already. This, and this is the my career mode, right? This is, that, is the is my GM mode. My GM mode. That's yes. right. That's right. Yes. And so is is that a separate mode? Is there also a my yes. career mode? Yes. Wow. Okay. So the and the my career is where you're just kind of like playing as one individual player right and my gm you're kind of running the whole team but you are still playing the games right yes. it's not just and there's also my end. league which is even like 
uh, a larger scope out. Jeez. Uh, are you Adam Silver in that? Yeah, and you're I, trying. Kind of are in that. I have not played my league. I just played. My you're league. trying to maximize the profits of the entire league and make sure that Charlotte gets a good team. Yes. <laughs> and make sure everybody has extra logos on their uniforms. Yes. Oh, <laughs> man. That's that's crazy, though. That That's pretty interesting. Like, again, I know we've talked about this, but like it's, it's for whatever reason kind of hitting home right now that this is this game is kind of a strategy game it is with uh which apparently is what our podcast is all about these yes. days. <laughs> and honestly that's what keeps driving me or was driving me back to it like i had way more not way more fun but more fun doing the the team building and the trades and like signing players to reasonable contracts or like those type of things interested me more than actually playing the games out most of the time to be honest yeah i could i could see that but i could also see you having the control of yeah. those other elements then making the games more interesting to play because you're like hey i want to see how this works out with this new I've center we just got team. yeah of yeah. course yeah. and i did like i got rid of practically everybody besides a couple of my you know uh younger players and i built around them and traded for uh traded griffin away for players like clint capella and like jonathan isaac and some of these defensive lanky dudes Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Con. Real. <laughs> and I fired. I actually fired Dwayne Casey too because he wasn't as good as defense. So. So did you get? Sorry, Dwayne. You you weren't focused on defense enough. I needed more nah. defense. I have missed Midwestern roots. That's how it works. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I basically got a bunch of like beefy defensive dudes and a lot of minimum contract value deals because you you also have these players that are just free agents sitting out there that other teams haven't scooped up so you get them on minimum deals for one year and you just fill out your you know 13 to 15 player roster that way and make trades along the way before the trade deadline so yeah i that's kind of an infinite loop and i just had to stop myself i did end up winning the championship (laughs) again i traded back for blake griffin got him for like nothing yeah nice nice hometown hero but go ahead no i was gonna say like so like the further along you get in the game are you getting like more like computer generated characters okay so like was your team like mostly them by that point or were you probably about half and half by the time i quit yeah gotcha which was fine that was yeah. fine to me too, because, like I said before, I don't follow college basketball as closely, so like that's whatever to me. Either way, might as well be just college players, right? That yeah, point. and you it's actually do a- have the option to load in like custom rosters for that, though, for the incoming, you know, rookies. You could, you could, in theory, spend the time to make Zion be a, a player that's available to draft. Yeah, I was gonna ask, like, just on a separate note, have you seen? Uh, NBA Y2K by John Boyce. No. <laughs> oh God, it's a that's a great series on SB Nation. Uh, it's a it's a series that uh, posits the question of what would happen if only if everybody was awful at basketball and what would cause the death of basketball. <laughs> and it, he just loads the worst characters possible. Nice into like every draft class for like decades and <laughs> sees the collapse of the sport drive basketball into the ground <laughs> yeah you know it's a, it's a little bit of a shame though i like it'd be nice if like you know there's a lot of these games that come out that are that are kind of like uh almost 
but like a game that I think the term that gets used a lot is like games as service. You know, yeah. it's like mm. this game that even like even stuff like Dead Cells, you know, it's like this game that like I think that company Motion Twin just technically split into two separate companies because like half the team wanted to keep working on Dead Cells and just keep chipping away at that game. And half the team was like, we want to start doing something new. So like, right. well, why don't we just make this two separate entities? Like, it's all still the same people, I guess. I, I don't know all the details, but just heard something about that. So like. It seems like I would be way more interested in the in something like this if it was like, hey, this is the NBA 2K game, mm-hmm. and you buy that, yeah, and then every year you spend ten bucks or five bucks to just get the new roster, all the yep. new stuff, maybe some new updates with modes. Like, kind of, I, I just like with games like this or games like I know you've been playing a bunch of Smash Brothers lately, John, or yeah. just in general, <laughs> just play a lot of that. But like, you know, like stuff like that, like. You know, I was just reading something recently where like Sakurai was like, this will probably be the last or he didn't say this will be the last smash game, but he said he this will be the biggest. Before. This Well, he said like this will be the biggest smash game. Like there's Free never going to be more <laughs> yeah. like, something else. In let him life, retire. Please. But yeah. like, why not just let this smash game just be the smash game and yeah. just keep adding stuff to it until you're satisfied. And then if you're not satisfied, then. <laughs> I guess just never stop. Just keep adding stuff or port it to the new con- like just let that. Honestly, thing yeah. live on, you know. And, I do think Nintendo's getting a little better at that, though, with like Agreed. Mario Kart 8 and Deluxe and you know, the that's Smash what I mean. I, DLC and some of that stuff. I think they're they're starting to go in that angle a little bit more. Yeah, because I mean, I would love if like, hey, the new Mario Kart game is just Mario Kart, and yeah. you just yeah. again every couple years or every, and again you can choose to the spend the money if you want or same, not. But it's just like, yeah. yeah, or maybe they add a new like maybe a couple years later they decide hey, there's going to be actually like not the underwater stuff, but there's actually like a hover craft or something like the things that can actually change the gameplay a little, but like you could still keep that base format as like the main game, I guess. And, and and not to say, cause that does maybe stifle some innovation, but I just like the idea of like, I'd be a lot more interested in these games if it was like something. Cause I think I would, even though I don't follow college basketball, I think I would be a little bit bummed if like, Hey, all these people are just fake made up yeah. people that I don't recognize. Like, however many years down the road, like you're not getting like any actual NBA players. Right. Yeah. A little disconnect from that, especially if you're a huge basketball fan. Like again, for me, I'd just be kind of playing blindly and I would only recognize names like Zion Williams as right, far yeah. as college goes, you Same. know, somebody, at the top of their class, essentially. Um, so it wouldn't be a huge factor for me, but I do know that that's something that I, I could see being a disconnect if you're a huge basketball fan. I will say, uh, was it uh, you were playing 2K19 or 2K18? 2K19 most recently. I played so both, that, and they're very, is, very much the same engine to Kevin's point. 2K19 the uh, one that introduced WNBA players? No, that's actually coming now in uh, 2K20. So that is a big change. Yeah, 2K20 finally added WNBA players. It's super cool. The The whole whole league or whatever. That's cool. And that's great. Yeah, Um, that's awesome. I will say it's great also because the Chicago Sky are in the playoffs. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, The Storm are not too bad either for what that's worth. All right, all right, all right, Mr. Seattle. (laughs) But I will Maybe say I, I do need to call out 2K a little bit because the Switch version, at the very least, has some has had some severe bugs both in the 2K18 and 2K19 versions, uh, which mm-hmm. keep me from a full out recommendation. Despite 190 hours in both, 
<laughs> there's some some really weird things like in 2K19 like Robert Covington uh, he keep he kept asking me for a contract extension, so I ended up giving him two contract extensions in the same free agency period, just because like, dude, leave me alone. All right, you're signed for like the next seven years. Is that good enough now? Like, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Um, so like, there's a bug there where that shouldn't have been happening. Um, uh-huh. But did like like prevent you from playing the game or like no was it just okay. no no it, it wasn't like a full stop and i ended up trading him away because i was just annoyed by him even though he's really yeah. good defensively um <laughs> and then like my gm my actual character my avatar kept changing like his physical appearances <laughs> didn't look the same like oh that's like i don't really care but that's it seems like there's a continuity thing that's uh, yeah it's a roguelike it's another roguelike yeah. procedurally <laughs> generated gms um, <laughs> and then like uh, even the game started breaking down over time after a few seasons where one of the options when you take timeouts is you can have some different different like defensive uh factors you can focus on and one of them's like okay giannis is killing us like let's focus on him make sure he like gives up the ball like mm-hmm. you could no longer pick a player to focus on for defense like that yeah. that was just now blank i i i, I okay. think that that's just like a because i i encountered a similar thing with like skyrim in my once i reached like level 160 <laughs> or it's just like the game is like you should not be playing this yeah. game this long. you hit the end no game one's beta a long to time ago. what are you doing <laughs> like the, no we don't know how magic works at this point <laughs> yes so that was that was the game telling me i needed to be done so i guess that wasn't all bad but yeah uh, yeah I just I had to I had to get that in there too that that was a thing that happened. But yeah, general, 190 hours is I, I I think a good amount of of yeah. value proposition. I would say so. Yeah, I can't for really three dollars. What does that even break down to? <laughs> <laughs> just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I I do need to go back and check this out a little more because I I played just like a little bit of like the just learning the basics, you know. Let's and I, online, I, I talked baby. about this on the podcast before, and it is hard to like get down the timing of shots and stuff. So I, oh, I need yeah. to need to check this out a little more and see if I can't put my uh, switch through the paces itself. So let's go, Kevin. I'll reinstall it. <laughs> and actually, is there online play? Is that yeah. something? Could we play online together? Oh, yeah. Let me. All right, let me. I mean, I, there's no way I can hold a candle to you at this point, but I'll play as like the wizards um, or something. Okay, it'll be fine. Wow. Okay, as long as I got Kevin, Kevin Durant, I should be okay. Charlotte Hornets. Also, three dollars for a hundred and ninety hours is a cent per hour. It's, it's insane. <laughs> it's it's totally nuts. That's amazing. That's actually amazing. Um. So yeah, great great value, great game. Um. No, <laughs> it is a, in general, it is a great game. It's a phenomenal basketball game, despite yeah. those issues. Yeah, and 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 they take it to the next level. It's it is interesting to see that they take that whole like running a team simulation oh, yeah. and and really explore that to like pretty much as deep as you can go. Absolutely. Um in a video game at in least, one you know? and that's just one mode out of like three yeah. or four. Like seriously. Yeah, and that's not even the deepest of the modes. No. Yeah, if you're saying there's this my league mode and who knows what they've added to And my career know. has its own like story mode, like fully voice acted and everything. There's tons of stuff. Jeez. All right. Well, uh, 
Well, I think now that we've caught up on our basketball talk, I think we can. Uh, I think bar. we can. Uh, <laughs> basketball Jones, basketball Johns. There you go. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I think we can leave it there for this week. Um, again, uh, for the month of September, we're all playing through uh, Katana Zero, yes. which uh, I don't think any of us have actually started yet. But we'll be uh, we'll be playing it soon and, and talking about that at the end of the month. And uh, looking forward to getting to that one. It's another, you know, I haven't played, at least personally, I've, I've kind of been veering away from some of my more normal gaming tendencies. So I'm kind of excited to go back to like a 2D Twitch platformer action kind of thing. So, Heck yeah, yeah, looking forward to playing that and talking about it at the end of the month. And uh, again, John, thanks for joining us for yes. yet another episode. Thanks for having uh, me. Yeah, this is this is a pretty long streak here. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can uh, have you back on again soon. And Again, yeah, thanks for coming through in a pinch. And until next time, we'll uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. I love oh, fast breaks. I, yeah. I'll, I, I will get into the game that we specifically went to because it was uh, Chicago Sky up against the Mystics, who at the time, and I think they're probably still the first seed, like they were like far and away like the, like, number one seed yeah mm-hmm. and like it was the sky basically up against ellen ellen adeladon who is the fucking powerhouse this season yeah just and it's every every time like we the sky eventually won the game but like every single time don got the ball i was just like ah fuck we're done <laughs> but eh, we had a good run damn <laughs> like Oh, and she had a face mask on, so like oh, as soon yeah. as she came out with the face mask, I was like, yeah. "Oh, we're fucked." Yep, going into shredder mode. <laughs> yep. That is yeah. definitely the, the <laughs> meta shredder. of face masks in basketball. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're about to get crushed.